Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. If you have the victory today, say amen. Amen. This is an amazing time on God's calendar. I'm going to talk about it a little bit uh, at the end. But the next few services leading up to, I believe it's the 24th of this month, that is the month of Purim. Now, most of you know this, but uh, last week when we stayed after and we opened it up for questions and stuff, a precious lady said, Pastor, I don't know what Purim is. Purim is the book of Esther. And Esther is the book when everything looked impossible, God came and turned the story upside down. Now, on the 24th, we're going to, we're going to share the whole story. If you've never heard the story of Purim, it's absolutely amazing. But not only is the 24th or this whole month, in Hebrew, this month is called the month of Adar. And the month of Adar means the month of miracles. But this year, because it's a leap year, and and I know most of you know this, but for many of you that don't, and I want to say hi to our stream uh, family all around the world. We love you guys. Thank you so much for all your letters. We love you beyond anything. But this month, this year, we have double Adar. We have we have two months called the month of Adar because. The Bible goes by the moon and the world on the calendar and the world goes by the sun. So every so many years, we have what's called a leap year or a time of double Adar. And in Hebrew, it says this is the month that you are pregnant with God's blessing. You are pregnant with God's promises. You are pregnant with miracles in your life beyond anything you can imagine. Now, remember the book of Esther, nothing man could do could turn the story around. But God came in and flipped that story upside down. We talked about this last week. When you are pregnant, you are expecting. And so you need, no matter what it is you're facing, you need to expect God to come into your situation, whatever it is, and turn that situation upside down. Say, I expect it. This is why God has appointed times. You know, God is God every moment of every day. God is God. He's the same God. But he gives us on the calendar these appointed times to wake us up and say, you know what? During this appointed time, God is going to do something bigger and better than any other day of the year. And so right now, we're in that appointed time for God to do not what we're praying about, but to do good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and overflowing. How many are ready for God to do a miracle in your life? So the next few weeks at the end of the service, we're going to preach short, and then we're going to pray for miracles. We're going to pray for healing. We're going to pray for breakthrough. We're going to pray for marriages because you need to expect God to do a miracle. Now, we've been talking about, open your Bibles to the book of Deuteronomy. 
We've been talking about uh, the Lord's Prayer. And just to catch everybody up and those maybe who are watching that haven't been with us, Jesus is walking with his disciples and they see Jesus opening blind eyes. They see, they see gold coins coming out of fish's mouths. They see the cripples walking. They see prostitutes being delivered. They see miracle after miracle. And so this is a very Jewish thing where a disciple would go to his rabbi, his teacher, and say, teach us how you pray. It's a very Jewish thing. And so Jesus says to them, I'm going to show you how to pray. I'm going to show you how I pray, Jesus said, so that I can see these miracles. But understand this, in the last days, greater than these shall you do. Oh, I need a better amen. I didn't get any amen. We're talking about, folks, I believe we're closer to the rapture than we can even imagine. You look at everything that's happening in the news. You look at what's happening in, in the world. You look what's happening in Israel. Look what's happening in our country. This is the time, and I, I know we have people all over the world watching us, with us right now, but let's talk about America. This is a time that God, when it looks like, can we get any crazier, God wants to come in and turn our country upside down back to being one nation under God. Amen? So Jesus said, here's how you pray. He said, when you pray, say, Father. And it's, it's so important that we understand that, that we don't go to Jesus. We go through Jesus. Jesus is the door. He's, he's the one. When Jesus died on the cross, the curtain between the holy and holy and man was ripped from heaven to earth where we can come boldly before the throne of God. Amen? So I don't, and, and, and I know this is hard, and forgive me for going through it so fast when maybe you don't understand. I don't ask Jesus to do what he already did. When Jesus hung on the cross and he shed his blood seven places along the Via Della Rosa, he got on that cross, and not with a voice of defeat, but with a voice of triumph, he shouted, it is finished. Everything we need, every covenant that we need is finished. And he says, go before the Father. When you pray, say, Father. And it's so important you understand, you are not God's little boys and girls. We are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. We can come boldly before the throne of God. Amen. You know, you come to my office and and most people will come and knock on the door. I got grandkids that don't knock. They don't care who I'm with. They just come boldly before the desk of Saba, before the desk of Grandpa. You need to understand who you are. You are a joint heir with Christ Jesus. Come boldly. And that word boldly means with confidence. Oh, I'm just nothing. No, you are not nothing. You are a son and daughter of God, and it's our Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen? Amen. Then it says, the hallow is name. We enter in by praise. And I, I don't want to belabor this because we already talked about this. You start your day off. In Hebrew, it's called modei ani. You start your day off with praise. Before your feet ever begin the physical journey, your heart and your spirit begin a spiritual journey. And you say, Lord, I praise you. Because we enter in to what he's already done, 
We enter into his courts and his gates with praise and thanksgiving. So don't start your day off watching the bad news. Start your day off with the good news and praising him that you are our healer, you are our provider, you are our blesser, you are our king, you are almighty God. You know, in Hebrew, the number one prayer in Hebrew is called the Shema. It goes, Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Had. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, he is our God. And he is one God. He is the God. But when you say Shema Israel, listen, listen, Israel. The word Israel means listen, my soul. Listen, my soul. It doesn't matter what the doctor said. It doesn't matter what the bank says. It doesn't matter what the White House said. My God is almighty God, and he is my father, and I can enter into his covenant and blessing. Amen? So we talked about this. But then we got last week into where we say, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day. Now, I know I keep saying this, but I've been pastoring for a long time. People need to hear it more than once. Give us what day? This day. How many could use more finances? Could Moms of America could use more finances, right? Right? Am I right? So you get up every morning, God has provided for you this day. Now, you may get it that day, or you may get it a month from now or six months from now, but God has provision for you that day. You have not because? So if we don't know this, give us this day. See, this isn't a prosperity preacher preaching this. This isn't a prosperity evangelist teaching this. This is Jesus Christ saying, here's how you pray. Give us this day my daily bread. When Israel was in the wilderness, they had to go out daily to get the manna, except for Shabbat. They had to go out daily to get the manna. If they didn't go out, the manna was lost. So every day when you get up, you don't know, don't limit where it's coming from, how it's coming, who's doing. You know, the Bible says God will give us favor with man and God. You can have a boss just come up and say, you know what? I got to lay all these people off, but I'm going to give you a raise. I'm going to give you a bonus. We were, let, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. I, I told you, I think I told you this last week that we were, we went out golfing and Pastor Wanderson, well, Scott and I were golfing. Wanderson just kind of walks around picking his ball up and bringing it down to where we are. Right? And, and on the first hole, he gets a phone call and gave his son, who's been trying to get a scholarship at TCU, TCU, one of the parts is his art and things that he does, and he gets a call from the state and said, you're, you plagiarized your art, you're thrown out of contest, which was going to not only throw him out of the contest, but hurt his chances of getting uh, a scholarship. And so we're, on the, we're getting ready on the first tee. I, 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 I kind of told him, that's just the devil trying to ruin your game. But it doesn't take the devil to ruin Wanderson's game. It's just, it's just natural. It's just natural. And I said, listen, God's going to flip this around. Don't, you don't receive that. See, we're in Purim right now. We're in the time in which God will take the negative and turn it into a positive. Right? And so within an hour and a half, he gets a phone call. And, and the phone call says... Uh, says, uh, you know what, we made a mistake. This is the state down in Austin 
called Gabe and said, we made a mistake. We don't know what we were thinking. You're back in. And then when we were here with Moms for America on Friday, Wanderson said, we just got a phone call. And instead of giving TCU, giving my son a partial scholarship, they gave him a full boat scholarship to TCU. Now, let me, let me tell you something. In ancient Hebrew, there's no word for coincidence. There, there is no word for coincidence in the in ancient Hebrew language. That's why Jesus said, you have eyes, they have eyes, but they don't see. They have ears, but they don't hear. I'm doing something, but they're not paying attention. It's not a coincidence that he got that phone call while you guys are raising moms up for America. It's not a coincidence. This is a sign that when you rise up and you partner with people that want to change our nation for the kingdom of God, God will get involved with your life. Now, let me say something to you. When I said he got a full boat scholarship, not only did he get that, he gets in a special dorm. They're going to pay for his overseas study when he's a senior. I mean, it's just, it's, it's literally exceedingly abundantly above anything we can ask or think. Now, when we say that, you ought to get excited. So why would I get excited about Wanderson's kid? What about my kid? Ancient Hebrew teaches us what? Whenever you see or hear of a miracle in someone else's life, what does it mean? I'm next. Because God is no respecter of persons. Amen? I could go on and on of all the people around here. Their, 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 their jobs are called... One of our guys, I won't say it who it is because you want to borrow money from him. But he, they called and said, we're, we're going to give you a, a, a raise and a bonus. And then they called back and said, we made a mistake. Uh, we're giving you too little of a raise and too little of a bonus. He just told me this morning, they're giving him a bigger raise and a bigger mo- bonus. Whenever you see this happening in someone else's life, you're next. Somebody say, I'm next. Listen to me. Two things in understanding, give me this day my daily bread. Number one, God is not on a budget. God has plenty of money. It just is in the wrong hands. That's why the wealth of the wicked for the last days, and I'm going to show you this, is laid up for the righteous. The other thing you need to understand is money is not bad. Money is a good thing, and I know I say it over and over again. If money was bad, Satan would have met you in the parking lot passing out $1,000 bills so that you can stumble. But if you understand that money is an amplifier, and when God, you trust me with more, you can trust me to do what's right, to build the kingdom of God, and to be a blessing to somebody else. Is that okay? All right. So look with me in Deuteronomy chapter 8. I'm just going to go through this uh, real quick. We read this, but I, I need to lay the foundation down because to be honest with you, there's been two sides to the word prosperity. And you got to understand, to prosper is in the word of God. Beloved, I would above all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul does prosper. And, and hopefully we'll hit on that. How does my soul prosper? It's, it's an amazing revelation. But you've got to understand that prosperity is not bad. Now, I understand 
that for years the prosperity message was used as a gimmick. I understand that. But understand this, nobody counterfeits a $3 bill. You only counterfeit real thing. And so even though the prosperity message in a lot of ways was abused, it's still the word of God. God wants you to prosper. How many like to have more next month than you do this month? If, if moms of America had more money, you could do more good things. Is that right? I mean, it's, it's that simple. Money is an amplifier. If you're a bad person, money amplifies, and we're going to hit on that. Money amplifies negative things. If you're a good person, your money amplifies good things. And, now I know you're going to hate this. God wants to show the world your prosperity so they come to you and go, why are you more blessed than anybody else in our family? And you can say, because I love God with all my heart, I serve Jesus Christ, and, and before I'm getting ready to get blessed, God always gives me a chance to be a blessing. So let's look at the proof that you are anointed by God to gain wealth. And we've read this, but let's read it again real quick. Deuteronomy chapter 8, uh, verse 6, and I'm going to go through it quickly. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is, everybody say is. is. He is, and this is especially true in these last days. Your Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks and water. I understand this, and I know you know this, but just remember, they're coming out of 40 years in the wilderness. They're coming out of 40 years of needing manna, needing water out of a rock, and God is saying, look what I have in front of you. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks and water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of figs and of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat without scarcity, in which you will lack most things. That's not what it says, is it? See, when, and the reason why I harp on this is because our first 25 years of serving God, we were taught God doesn't care about these things. That if you want to drive a nice car and you want to live in a nice house and you want to go on a vacation, lady, where no tents or porta-potties are anywhere near, you want to wear jewelry that doesn't turn your ring in your neck green. Oh. Come on, I'm helping you with your next Christmas present. Right? But I, we were always taught that that's not, you know, we, we were paid every place we pastored with this group, we were paid $115 a week because you're either a kingdom builder or you're a world liver. Well, I want you to know something. God said, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. We are not limited by what the world says. We are only limited by an unlimited anointing of Almighty God. And God says, you will lack nothing. And I hate to tell you that, that means that we can do what we're doing and be debt-free while we're doing it. Look what it says. And when you've eaten and are full, 
When you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments. Jump down to verse 12. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses. What do you see? Look at the word house. What do you see there? Dave, what do you see? Houses. Beautiful houses. That means that you can have a beautiful house that you're living in. That may mean you can have a vacation. But we got to get you from thinking, well, I've got to pay rent the rest of my life. No. When you're paying rent, and, and there's nothing wrong with paying rent if you want to do that, but when you're paying rent, you're just buying a house for somebody else. God wants you to buy your own house and have the money to do it and not be worrying about whether I pay rent or I eat food. I'm going over to the Lutherans over here. They're not, they're not. Amen? Beautiful houses. Because people, God says, all the world will call you blessed. You know, when I got saved, when I, when I, when I got, gave my life to the Lord and we were taught poverty, 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 my family all looked at me and said, what is wrong with you? And I tell them, you, you need what I got. And they go, no, thanks. Does that make sense? No. I want to have a home. You know, you know, tis in our first home. We bought, we bought a home when we got married. $3,200 trailer. You could link it, put it under the back of your Volkswagen and pull it away. But here, look at what God says. This is, not, this is not a prosperity preacher. This is God. When you live in beautiful houses and you live in them. Now, a lot of, you know, I don't know about you, but they're, they're building houses around my house. Do we have any Hispanic people here? We have any Hispanic? Raise your hand if you're Hispanic. When they're building houses all around my house, and when you get up in the morning, you hear, from dawn till dark. Well, I got news for all the Hispanic people. You're great at building houses. It's time for God to build you a house for you and your family. And when your herds and your flocks multiply, that's your business. And your silver and your gold multiply. You know, I, I, when I was in the, the organization, they said, well, it doesn't really mean silver and gold. So I looked it up in Hebrew, and the word gold means gold. Yeah. <laughs> and the word silver means silver. Your, your gold, say my gold, my gold. and my silver, my silver. Multiply. multiply. That's your paycheck. Yeah. That's your investments. Yeah. Amen. And all that you have, all that you have, all that you have is multiplied. Not, not, and, and, and you know what? When we, were, when we were golfing with Wanderson and that happened, I said, God gave me a prophetic word. Ask Wanderson right there. I said, this is a, we're in a season right now of quick miracles. So we're not talking about your, 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 your blessing dribbling in. We're talking about quickly multiplying. When your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness in which fiery servants, and on and on and on. Jump down to um, verse 17. It says, and then you say in your heart, my power and my might have gained me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he 
who gives you power to gain wealth. Now look at me. You know, I heard, I heard a, 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 a preacher about, about eight years ago I was, when we lived in Rockwell and we were driving out, and he's a pastor here in town, and he's a good guy and everything, but he said, I hate the prosperity message. I hate the prosperity message. Somebody just gave him $125 million to build his new church. Well, yeah, if somebody gives me $125 million, I'm not going to have to worry about teaching the people to prosper. But if we don't have somebody in our house now that can give a million dollars, let's raise them up and see the blessing of God come on them because prosperity is of God. Look what he says here. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to gain wealth that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to our fathers as it is this day. So this teaching is not a teaching to say money is bad. This teaching is a warning. When you have more than enough, when you don't have to pray that God will keep the lights on and you don't have to pray that you can make your house payment and you don't have to pray if you can have enough food for the end of the week, when you have more than enough, when you have eaten and are full and when your gold multiplies and your silver multiplies and your job multiplies and your investments multiply and your business multiplies, he said, don't forget, it's me who gives you the power in your hands to gain wealth. Somebody ought to shout amen. It's me. Now, I've been in this a long time. I've been doing, Tiz and I have been doing this a long time. And, you know, most of the churches that we started, we started with, we, we built off of, drug addicts and prostitutes off the streets and get them in and homeless people. And we've seen over and over again, people who started absolutely below nothing, start learning these principles and become wealthy people and businesses flourish. And then all of a sudden you see these people, they're not in church anymore. They're not serving God anymore. They're too busy with their successful business to serve God. And this is exactly what it's talking about. Listen, the time, the, the easy time to serve God is when you're in need. Lord, I need you. Oh, God, I'm here. But it's all of a sudden when you don't need the miracle and you don't need the windows of heaven, you don't need that. You don't forget it's him who gives you power to gain wealth. It's from him. He's Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Amen. Now, let me show, let me show you something here. Go with me to... Let's go to Psalm 73. This is, this, I was just going to quote it, but uh, I think we need to read it because this is an amazing revelation. This is, this is, this is a psalm that uh, they call the Psalm of Asap. And David is saying something that is, is, is where I was before somebody told me that just because I'm a child of God doesn't mean I have to live in poverty. Amen. And we did. We lived in poverty. Our kids, we'd go down to Goodwill and buy some beat-up bike, and we'd hand-paint it. That would be the kids' uh, 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 Christmas present or birthday present. I remember we got these, and we were living in Australia, pioneering a church in Australia, and we got these uh, 
junky bikes from uh, Goodwill and Tiz hand painting them with a brush. And I remember right when she got them finished, she was putting them out to dry and some kids came by and stole them. And I remember in my office in my house and watching Tiz run down the street chasing, <laughs> chasing after those bikes. Well, our God can afford used bikes, but our God can afford new bikes. It's the same God, but it's our Father's good pleasure. So look, look at this. This, this. this scripture changed my life. Uh, 73, I'm going through it fast. Verse 1, truly God is, a, uh, uh, God is good to Israel and to such a pure in heart. But as for me, now, understand the author of this is saying, I know God, here's the whole essence of it. I know God's a good God. I know he's a good God, but something bothers me. Something bothers me. And, and listen, ask yourself if this doesn't bother you. Truly, God is good to Israel, to his children, to such are as pure in heart. But as for me, my feet almost stumbled. I almost backslid over this. My steps nearly slipped, for I was envy of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Now, I don't know about you, but even to this day, it makes me mad. You know, the Bible says, be angry and sin not. Well, that means you handle the anger right, but you, you need to be angry at something that's going on in our world. Amen? Jesus was not a wimp. You know, I, I, I hate it. I hate it when Pastor Cup, that's just thing, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Listen, Jesus got my sin. He didn't get my manliness. Amen? My Bible says put on the whole armor of God. Didn't say nothing about no tutu. Right? When, when Jesus saw them stealing the money out of the house of God, ripping off God's people, the Bible says he braided a whip. In other words, steam's coming out of his ears. And he didn't walk in that temple going, you guys need to leave. You need to go. No, he ran in there and ran them out, and something about his fiery eyes, they go, we're out of here. Well, that's what we need to do when we see what the devil's doing. Uh, does, it, does it not make you angry when we have a, a, an administration that opens our borders to 20 million illegals and our own people need help in their schools? Does that not want you to grade a whip of the Holy Spirit and run the devil out of our country? Does not make you mad? If that doesn't make you mad, you need to get your mad on. This is what David is saying here. Look at he said, this almost made me, made me backslide when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, for there are no pains in their death. I don't know about you, but it, it, there's, there's, no, there's no penalty for what they're doing. How does Hunter Biden get away with what he's doing and Trump gets trumped up things again? Don't, does that not make you angry? There's no pains in their death, for their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men are, and they're not plagued like other men. Therefore, pride serves as their necklace. You can't touch us. We're in charge. You can't touch us. Well, come November, you ain't going to be in charge no more. Amen. Violence covers them like a garment. Their eyes bulge with abundance. They have more than heart could wish. They scoff and speak weak, wickedly concerning the oppressed. 
Biden goes down to the border, and what does he talk about? Instead of talking about millions of military-aged young men coming across, he talks about global climate. We need to get a, we need to get a life here, folks. If this doesn't upset, you know why it doesn't upset? Because most people don't even see what's going on. It says they're, they're, they, they have more than their heart could wish. They scoff at the weak and speak uh, uh, wickedly concerning the oppressed. They speak lawfully. They set their mouths against the heavens and their tongues walk through the earth. Therefore, his people return here. The waters of, uh, of a full cup are drained by them. And they say, how does God know? And is there knowledge in the most high? Behold, these are the ungodly. Who are, easy, who are always at ease. They increase their riches. Surely I have cleansed my heart in vain. He's saying, he's saying look at these guys. They're ripping people off. They're hurting people. They're, they're, they're stealing from people. They're putting people down while they gain. And he, said, and he says, maybe I've been serving God in vain. Maybe I've been paying my tithes. Maybe I've been praying. Maybe I've been living for the kingdom of God in vain. That's what he's saying. Look at this. This is so amazing. Surely I've cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. And for all day long, I have been plagued and chastened every morning. And if I had said, I would speak thus, behold, I would have been untrue to the generation of your children. When I thought, how do I understand this? It was too painful for me. Watch the next verse. Until I went into the house of God and then I understood their end. Now, go with me to the book of James. When I read that, I, I, lo I looked at that, and, and I thought, you know, Lord, all these years, I, Tiz and I have been serving God, paying our tithes, pioneering churches, working on the streets. You know, from the day that Tiz and I got married, for the first, well, it wasn't a long time, I'd say the first, 40 years of our marriage, we always had somebody off the street, some drug addict, some prostitute, somebody off the street living with us. But we never had, we didn't have enough, we didn't have enough extra to pay attention. I'll wait. And I felt this way. Then when I read this, it said, until I came into the house of God, and saw how it ended. And so I started looking up, how does this thing end? Well, the Bible says the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. Now watch this. Look at James chapter 5. I'm going to say this quickly. Come now, you rich, and weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. That is not anybody who's rich. That are the rich who have gotten rich by ripping other people off. Now watch it. This is going to bless you. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. If you remember, when Israel left Egypt, after 400 years slavery, 400 years there, 200 and something years of slavery, they left with all the silver and all the gold and all the cattle and all the sheep. Why? Because, now hold on to this. I know you know it, but hold on to this. Because Egypt owed them 200 years back wages right? Do you got it? Egypt owed them 200 years back wages. So watch this. Verse 2, your riches are corrupted, your garments are moth-eaten, 
Your gold and your silver are corroded, and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire, for you have heaped up treasure for the last days. Most Bibles say in the last days, but if you look at the original translation, you have heaped up treasure for the last days. Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out. And the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Seboeth. Not the Sabbath. Look at me a second. When Israel was praying, they finally got a hold of God. They finally got on their knees. When they were in Egypt, they cried out to the Lord of Seboeth. The Lord of Seboeth is the master avenger. That's what the word Seboeth means in Hebrew. It is the master avenger. He's the one that's going to avenge you. Now watch this. This is so wonderful. You have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts as in the days of slaughter. You have condemned. You have murdered the just. And he's not been able to resist you. He's not been able to. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord, and see how the farmer waits, waits for the precious fruit of the earth. To the sinner, what is the precious fruit of the earth? Money. They steal for money. They kill for money. They cheat for money. They lie for money. The precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter rain. Now, look at this. This is exciting. Where's... where's Where's my Hammond player? Huh? Where's Donnie? Is Don here or did he, did he go? Okay, this is back in the old days when I preached this. This is what I have. See, I used to preach, I used to preach like a black preacher all the time. Ha, there I was in the big, ha, walking. And I can still do it, but I'm too old to do that for very long. And this is when we get the Hammond playing behind us. But listen what he's saying here. He said, all right, all right, get up there. Are, are you are you turned on? Is it on? Okay, so when I get going, you know how to you know how to get. Okay. Are you are you ready? So what he's saying is he says he says all of you who have been ripped off working in the fields. They have gotten rich on your back. They have gotten rich on your sweat. They have gotten rich on your labor. They've cheated you and defrauded you. But don't worry about it because in the last days, the wealth of the wicked is going to be laid up for the righteous. Now, how does that apply? Listen to me. If you go all the way back to the beginning of this country, this country is the wealthiest country. Get ready to go. This country is the wealthiest country on earth. If you're a Native American, I don't know how many Native Americans we have, but you need to understand this was your land and somebody came and stole it from your grandmother. Somebody came and stole it from your grandfather. Somebody came and stole it from your mother. Somebody came and stole it from your daddy. But I got good news for you. Everything the devil has stolen, God's bringing it back multiplied by seven. This is the day the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. But touch your neighbor and tell them that's not all. Touch your neighbor and say there's more. If you're an African-American, you need to get excited 
if you're a black person, whether you're male or female, you need to get excited because this country was built on the backs of slaves. But everything your mother should have had, everything your father should have had, everything your grandfather should have had, it's not lost, but it's stored up in God's banks. And God's about to bring back everything the devil stole, multiplied by seven. Somebody ought to give the Lord a shout. But touch your neighbor and say, that's not all. If, if you're Hispanic, you need to get excited because you worked in the fields. You picked the cotton. You picked the potatoes. You picked the tomatoes. You may have walked across or you may have swum across or you may have been smuggled across. But I'm telling you, America owes you a debt and God's got it stored up for you. Everything your grandparents should have had, everything your grandmother should have had, everything your grandfather should have had, everything your mother should have had. It may have been ripped off by man, but God is bringing it back, and the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Somebody shout amen. But touch your neighbor and tell him that's not all. If you're a woman, they've told you for generations a woman's place is in the kitchen. A woman's place is with babies. A woman's place is in the home. But I got news for you. In the Bible, some of the greatest people in the Word of God were God-anointed women, mothers of America. And everything that your grandmother should have had, your mother should have had. There's nothing wrong with a woman being in the kitchen. But there's nothing wrong with being a woman that's a head of a corporation. There's nothing wrong with a woman having babies, but there's nothing wrong with a woman owning her business. There's nothing wrong with a woman being president. There's nothing wrong with a woman being a senator. So everything that's been stole from you women, you need to get excited because your best is yet to come. Touch your neighbor and say, that's not all. If you're a man and you've been serving God and the devil's told you, you're not supposed to prosper. You're not supposed to get ahead. I got good news for you. You may have been raised in church. You may have been in prison. You may have been in the hood. You may have been from a good family, but the religion stole the blessing of God. But I got news for the devil. Everything you stole through lies and defeat is coming back. The blessing of God is mine. The power of God is mine. The anointing of God is mine. I got power in my hands to gain wealth. But touch your neighbor and tell him that's not all. If you're a preacher, if you're a preacher somewhere in the world and they told you because you're a preacher, you can't make any money. Because you're a preacher, you gotta stay poor and humble. I got news for you. Humble means giving him all the praise giving him all the glory and everything you should have had. Maybe your grandfather was a preacher. Maybe your daddy was a preacher. Maybe your mother was a preacher. Well, get ready because everything they should have had is up in the heavens getting ready to come out of God's vault and the wealth of the wicked, somebody shout amen, is getting put in my hands, not someday, but today in the name above poverty, the name of Jesus. If you agree, give the Lord a shout of praise. Give him praise, give him praise. Come on, give him praise. Somebody, 
Somebody say it's my turn. See, it doesn't matter where we came from. That's why the Bible, one of Tis's favorite scriptures, it's not lost. Well, when my, my grandfather lost this, or my grandmother lost this, or my daddy lost this, my mommy lost this, or we lost this, one of Tis's favorite scriptures is it's not lost, it's in God's vault. And I want you to know something. God doesn't pay 3% interest. God doesn't pay 10% interest. The interest that God pays and what should have been in your life and your family is the interest called good measure. Pressed down, shaking together, overflowing. Somebody's going to get blessed. It might as well be you. If you receive that, give the Lord a clap offering. This is the month of these last two months, the month of double Purim. And it's the month in which you need to expect, not hope. Oh, I hope this happens. Oh, I, I hope, I hope this happens. No, you know, the word hope in Bible where, where, where he gives us hope, that word hope in Hebrew means fully expecting. I fully expect it. See, I fully expect you to get blessed. You know, uh, we want you to lift up Tiz in prayer. You know, Tiz is still going through chemo and stuff, and she just got some bad report. She goes tomorrow, she goes to M MD Anderson in Houston to get tests and see where we go from here. But we fully expect. We fully expect. In ancient Hebrew, there's no word for what? Coincidence. The day before we found out, I was reading, I said, Tiz, this is... This is double Purim. And remember what I shared with you last week? That whatever negative report you get during this time, the power of God will swallow that negative thing up. Well, that's going to happen. It's, it's happened for five years. Five years ago, they gave Lion no chance. They gave Tiz three months. So just because the enemy comes out and says, boo, you need to stand like David did and say, who is this uncircumcised, no covenant with God Philistine? Who is this? And you know what I loved about David? You know what I loved about David? Is David didn't grab one stone because there was one Goliath. He grabbed five. You know why? You know why. Because Goliath had four brothers. He said, when I'm done with you, sucker, I'm coming for these other guys. Who are and they're going down. They're going down. So you need to spread the word out. You're, you're Native American, you're African American, you're Spanish American, you're, you're, you're honky American. And I love, I love that we had Dave, our token white guy in the choir, didn't you? Token white bald guy in the choir. But he can sing, he can really sing. You know, let me, let, let me leave this with you and then we're gonna pray for an anointing on you. Let me leave this on you. I love the story of the prodigal son. It's such an, it's such an amazing story. It's, you, know, you could preach on the prodigal son for a month and never cover everything. But remember, the prodigal son went and he, and he wasted everything, and he ended up with the pigs. He ended up, you know, just the worst-case scenario. But the Bible says he came to a census, right? He came to a census and said, and, and wow. You, you, we need, you need to come to your... You, do you think... Has anybody ever been to Vegas? Some of you went. Yeah. 
Tiz and I were going to Vegas one time when we were living in Oregon. It's a true story. And we had all kinds of gypsies in our church in Oregon. And we're going to Vegas literally to speak at a Christian-based multi-level thing, you know. And so I get on the, we're getting on the plane, and all these gypsies are getting on the plane going to, going to Vegas. And all of a sudden they go, Pastor Larry! Hey, Pastor Larry! They go, you going to Vegas? I go, yeah, I'm, I'm going for a convention. And they go, yeah, us too. I'm thinking, you know what? Your sins will find you out. I mean, uh, but we were going, we were going, we were going for a, a convention. But if you ever go there, look, they don't build multi-billion dollar casinos because there's no money in the world. It just needs to get put in the hands of the righteous. Amen. And so when you look at the prodigal son, he comes to his senses and he goes, even the slaves in my father's house have it better than me. And guys, that's what David is saying in this psalm. He goes, it upsets me that they, they don't care about God, their voices, they control CNN, they control MSNBC, they control all these things. We need to control those things. You know, you go to Brazil, and we've got a lot of Brazilians in our church. You go to Brazil, and those churches are taking over the whole society. They're buying the newspapers. They're buying the TVs. They're buying the railroads. They're buying this. They're... Dr. Cho did the same thing in Korea. That's what David said. He said, until I came into the house of God and saw how this thing ends. And the end of it is... Why should we as children of God not have the abundance when the wicked have it? And so the prodigal son comes back and he goes, Father, and, and I love this, and you've heard me teach on this before. You know, the father's probably there and he's, you know, the devil, you know, whenever you hear, you know, gossiping in Hebrew is called leshon hara. It's the evil speech. It's, it's murder with your tongue. And so that's why you don't gossip. right? You don't gossip. You can see these people next to the dad. Did you hear about your son? Did you hear he's eating pigs? He's taking care. Did you hear about your son? Did you hear about son? But the father is not paying attention. He's waiting for his son to come to his senses. And the Bible says the father sees him from a long way off. In other words, he's not just casually going to, he's, he's waiting every day, every day. God is waiting for us to come to our senses. He's waiting. And he doesn't go, well, he needs to come to me. Bless God, he needs to come to me. The Bible says he jumps off the porch, runs to his son, throws his arms around his son. He puts the ring on his finger. He puts the robe on his shoulders. He said, kill the fatted calf, not some skinny goat. Kill the fatted calf. My son is back. My son realizes who I am. But, you know, the end of that story is... The other brother, here's the party going on. And this is unfortunately a lot of church people. They peek in and they, oh, look at that new car they're driving. Oh, I hear they bought a new house. Oh, I heard Wanderson's son got a $250,000 scholarship. And instead of coming into the party, they get jealous, right? And so the father hears his son won't come into the party. So he comes out and he says, why won't you come in? We're celebrating. 
And the son says, I've been praying. I've been fasting. I've been in the way for 30 years. And you know, there's a lot of Christians. You have been in the way for 30 years. (laughs) Time to get out of the way and let God bless you. And what did the father say to him? He said, said, you've never done this for me. And the father said, son, all that I've ever had, it's always been yours. And can I say that to every one of you? Whether we're Native American, African American, Hispanic American, honky American, female American, whatever we are, it's ours. Because you, through the love of God and through Jesus Christ, you are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. It's time to get it into your hands. Can I have it, amen? If you want an anointing, I give you power. That word power in Hebrew is anointing. You're anointed. You're anointed by God because of his covenant. When Jesus shed the blood on his forehead, when he shed his blood, I have two minutes, three minutes. When Jesus shed the blood on his forehead, when God threw Adam and Eve out of the garden of abundance, he cursed the ground with thorns and thistles, right? And he said, no longer are you going to live in abundance. By the sweat of your brow, you're going to eke out an existence. That's the curse of poverty. That's the curse of not enough. But here comes Jesus, and they take the very symbol of poverty, the thorn, and they put it on his brow. And instead of sweat coming out of Jesus' brow like it did Adam, blood came out of his brow, and that very symbol of poverty, we're redeemed, we're reconnected by the blood of Jesus' brow. Your best is yet to come. Take your neighbor's hands all over the building. Lift them up real high, and, and because there's, there's enough for you, and there's enough for your neighbor, and there's enough to change the world. Say this right now. Father, Father right, now, right now, I come before your throne. I know that I'm a sinner. We've all sinned. But I know this. Jesus Christ paid the price in full for all my sin. Right now, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Now say this real loud. Say, Satan, get out of my life. Get out of my mind. Get out of my body. Get out of my spirit. Get out of my home, my family, my finances, and my future. I declare every curse is broken and every blessing is released. And today, I receive that I am anointed by God to gain wealth in the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. Not someday, but today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you receive that, give the Lord a clap offering.